So there's these little geckos that I sometimes find in the office building I'm in. They must be native to the Atlanta area. And they're really hard to see in this industrial carpet I have. But every now and then I see one in and I usually will uh, gently catch it and let it go outside because I feel like there's not much food in here for them. And while it's cold out, maybe they'd fare better out there than in here. Um, I don't know. I don't know what... That's what my instincts tell me to do, so that's what I do. So I was walking out of my office the other day, and I looked down, and as I was about to step, I saw one right under my foot. So I lifted my foot real quick. And he didn't move, and I was like, did I step on him? Did I step on him? And I'm, I'm looking at him. He's not moving. And I kind of, like, touch with my finger, and he moves a little bit. Um, and uh, his tail's still attached, so I'm like, well, if I stepped on his tail, he would have let that go. So I'm like, all right, let me, he's just frozen with fear. So I get my little glass jar that I usually catch them with, and and I go out there and I put it on top of him and then I slide a piece of paper between the carpet and the glass and get some on the paper and I turn it over. And uh, I do it slowly, but he's upside down and he's not flipping over. So it's not, it, it doesn't look good. Um, and it's a, it's a fairly big glass jar. I'd say it probably a, it holds a, a gallon of liquid. And I also notice his tail is not not attached now. So I'm like, all right, maybe I just stepped on his tail, and this is what they do. Um, they kind of go into like a paralyzed mode. I mean, he's he's breathing. I can see the breathing happening. And it's cold in the building, so I'm like, maybe he just needs some heat. He's cold-blooded. So I put the jar kind of next to my little space heater, like far enough away that it's not going to cook him. And uh, turn it on, and um, I come back, and he hasn't moved. He's not moving, but I notice there's a like a puddle of urine in there now. And so I'm like, oh boy, he's dying! Like, isn't that the first thing that happens? Like, you, all your bodily functions just let go. Um, so I kind of empty that out, like I put a paper towel in, and it drinks it up, and then I throw that in the bathroom trash can and then I get some leaves I'm like maybe he just needs some place to feel safe under so I put some leaves in there I got the heater going I got him under leaves and I'm just working like it's it's he's about four feet from my art table and I'm just working and checking on him every now and then and he doesn't move he just doesn't move he's breathing he's I can see him looking up at me like tilting his head sometimes so I'm like all right maybe he's thirsty so I pour a little water in there uh, into the bottom of the glass jar, and it kind of goes right by his head. So his his jaw is literally, like, right at the surface of the water, like probably four hairs in thickness away from the water. And he leans down, and he starts drinking the shit out of the water. I'm like, oh, all right, he's okay. He's going to make it. And uh, he, uh, that's, he doesn't move his body, just his head. And then I come back, like, 20 minutes later, he's upside down. I'm like, ah, fuck. So I flip him back over, and uh, he's still breathing, and he's looking at me, and then he pees again. So now I have to dump all the water out, all the pee out, get the leaves out, get some new leaves. I'm sitting here, like, under the gun, 
on a deadline trying to get work done. But there's just something in me. I don't, I try to save every, every living thing I can, except for cockroaches. I just find them absolutely appalling. Uh, rats are fucking awful. And, and it's, uh, uh, mosquitoes I have no problem killing and ants. And when it comes to like cockroaches, well, that's filthy. That poses a threat to me and my kids and my, my family. So I have no problem with that. When it comes to rats, same thing. They're even dirtier. Um, mosquitoes are trying to take my blood. Fuck them. Uh, you know, that's mine. So there, I, I have no problem with that. Now, ants, that's an interesting one. Because I don't think of ants as being particularly dirty. I think of them as invasive. And I, I think of them trying to take over parts of my turf. But I don't think of the ant as a single unit. I think of the colony as a single unit. So when I, when I kill an ant, I just feel like, you know, I'm pulling the hair off a larger being because it's more of a hive mind mentality. But I won't kill a wasp. If there's a wasp in the house, I'll catch it and let it go. Spiders love spiders. Um, except black widows. I did kill some black widows I found out back. Um, they kept popping up like over a summer. I kept seeing them. And they don't want to be seen. But I, I'm not fucking with that. That's an obvious thing. So I just want to know this little this little gecko's okay. And then I'll let him go outside and... I'm like, I'll just, you know, keep him going. And all day long, I'm going through this. Every now and then, he's upside down. I flip him back over. He's still alive. Uh, he drinks water every now and then. He just doesn't move. And it's the end of the day. And I'm, I don't know, is it better to leave him in my studio? I can't leave the space heater on all night. And it's going to get cold in here because my room always gets cold in the winter and hot in the summer. So... I don't know that that's necessarily good for him, the cold. But, yeah, he's going to get cold outside, but at least there's food outside. There's no food in here for him. So I I just I bring the jar downstairs, and, he, and I kind of get him on top of one of the leaves, and I put him outside on one of the leaves, and uh, I put it down on the ground, and he just stand, it stays there. I go and fill up my water bottle come back, he's still there, I come up to the studio, pack up all my stuff, and uh, finish out my emails and close up the studio for the day, I go outside, and he's not there. Now, I, I forgot to mention, at certain points, it seemed like he couldn't move his back legs. Like, maybe I did step on him on, like, his lower part and maybe broke his lower back, I, I don't know. Um, but he moved on. And I hope he made it. And I hope he's surviving. And there's no real point to that story. I just, it just kind of happened the other day and I've been thinking about it. But it, I don't know. I guess it makes me think about how we take care of each other. And I just feel like, as a culture, that portion, the idea of community, whether it be within industry 
<clears throat> whether it be within in neighborhoods, whatever it is, that's eroding. You take care of yourself, and that's the most important thing. That's what I see the trend going towards. I mean, it used to be when I was a kid, um, you know, the neighborhood kept an eye on me when I was outside. If if my mom couldn't find me when it was dinner time, she knew she could call down the street to a friend's house. And now not necessarily a friend I was out playing with, but oh, I saw some I saw Sean and some of the other kids down at this playground or they they just you you kept an eye on each other. There was a community there and and I think that's really important. People didn't just think about themselves. And I think right now it's becoming more and more about people looking out for themselves and this false community that does build where being associated with this person can benefit me. Um, it's not a let me help you. It's what can you do for me thing that I see going on. And it's just, it's tough. In, in politics, I mean, it's really just like when I click on Facebook, I just see everyone yelling at each other. I want it my way and my way only. And both sides, are, it's both sides doing this. There's got to be a middle point. And I, and I just feel like what happened on 9-11 fractured everything. And it wasn't just about what happened that day, but a long-term rift it created. People on the right became angry and scared and people on the left became overly sympathetic I think and there's no talking to anyone there's no conversation it's me and the way I see it and fuck you for seeing it differently and and that's something we got. It just has to stop. I think the erosion of the family unit hurts it. I'm not saying that all men have to work and all women have to stay home, but I do think that it it it, it's, it doesn't matter. It's not an option right now. Having a parent at home is a great thing, but it's, it's we can't even keep up with. We've just destroyed ourselves. With all, all the emails and the, the expectations from work and the everything's moving so fast. No time to yourself, no downtime. I just think it, it's community and family and it all just is eroding. And that sucks. But, you know, the, one of the reasons I, I, I talk about this is I'm interviewing... Well, it's the second part of my interview with Russ Abbott from Ink and Dagger. And when I go in there, I feel I do feel a sense of community amongst the artists and a, and a, and a family-like environment. And I feel very fortunate to have been invited into that. Um, just going to the Christmas party and, and seeing how everyone kind of looks out for each other and interacts, it's, it's nice. It's new to me to see that. So... Um, yeah, let's just jump into it. Uh, here's me and Russ finishing up our interview. I'm sure we'll do another one in the future sometime, but uh, this was our, our first one. Enjoy. 
it's it's uh, social media is everything. But I do, yeah, we were talking. I, I do feel we're in the infancy of what this is. I I, I mean, the old timer in me is like it's destroying us. It's eroding at our social fabrics. Um, All it, true. It 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 just seems it's changing us. It it is right, and we can never go back. No, <laughs> we can never go back, and and um and that's scary. You know, it's you know for the people that are you know have have grown to love tattooing or comics yeah. for what it was. You know, it's, it's scary that they are not always going to have what it was. They're going to have something else. Right. Well, let me ask you this: Has Social media has created the rise of the the star artist in in uh, in comics somewhat to to the point where it seems to be as much, if not more, about um, the personality they create online and the life they live. Like, look at all the amazing places I go. Look at the cool thing I just got. And it's a lot of look at me, look at me, look at me. Um, but I do think that the craft of comics is, while it's creatively very healthy right now, I do feel like the craft is suffering. The The quality of the output is... Well, if these so-called star artists are concerning themselves more with you know, their social media image and making sure that they take the time to properly document all the amazing places they're going. And, yeah. and all these things are taking away from their ability to hunker down and, and focus on their craft. Right. You know, it's I, a distraction, which they may feel is a necessary distraction or even an enjoyable one. Yeah, you I don't know? even I mean, know that they know it's, it's a distraction. Right. Like, I feel like it used to be you got hired for a job. A new artist was hired. All right, no one knows who this new artist is. So in order for company A to hire them, I need to believe that there's a future audience for this person and their work. So their craft has to be of a really high level for us to hire them. So you had to really learn the craft. Now it can be like, well, this person has umpteen million followers on Instagram, so I'll give them a job because I know that will translate to dollars. And meanwhile, the fans they have on Instagram might be just because they drew a bunch of cool drawings of things, but they didn't have any comics they, they had done. Yeah, I, I see the problem. Uh, am I blowing that? Are you being no, sarcastic? No, totally. I see the problem. And I can relate. Yeah, because, you know, if, um, you know, I, I have been told by people who were, putting together a, a media campaign, you know, like, you know, uh, I won't mention names, but there was a, a company that put together a media campaign, a, a tattoo-related company that put together a media campaign with a with an international company, you okay. know, where they got a bunch of artists to make, I'm being very vague, okay. to, to make things that would be related to that company's brand. Okay. And, you know, I was told after the fact, I didn't really ask, but it was, it was said in passing that, Hey, we looked at you. We considered you, but your your social media following wasn't big wasn't enough. as high as the other people we were looking at. And for the for this big brand that was looking to make a promotion using tattooers' artwork, it 
it made sense to pick the people with more following. Right. Because, you know, those people are going to be required to post about the project right. And, right. and share it with their followers. So it's, it's simply a numbers game for them. Right. You know, it didn't matter what the, the work of those people looked like. It only mattered that, you know, their social media numbers were high enough to get them into the right. into the group of people who are going to And that's just, that's the new market. That's yeah. The so there is an incentive for an artist you know, to possibly get more opportunities in the future to be really good at social media right? and to make sure that their, their numbers are high. And we, it's, you know, what's really weird is when you, you see someone that you looked up to 15 years ago that you still think of as, as a, someone who was highly influential to you as an artist and you, yeah. and you, one day you tune into, Oh, they got an Instagram and there's only 3000 followers. Right. Right. And in my world, 3,000 followers for a tattooer is, is not very impressive. That's not uncommon. Um, it, you know, it just means that, you know, they're, if we know that they're amazing and their artwork is great, then there's something that they're not doing right about social media that's causing okay, good. their followers to be so low. Okay. So this, this, so, is, this is what I want to talk about. Yeah. Okay. So go, what's, go ahead. what's up with that? You know, why, is, why isn't the quality of their work that we know is good? being reflected in their, you know, their sort of popularity count online. Right. Well, and what is it about me that makes, you know, I'm slightly, I'm in the middle of the field as far as tattooers go. You know, my Instagram I, is, is just over a hundred thousand followers and seems to be stuck that's there. The middle? I feel like it that's is, you lot. know, because to me, like the, the, the most successful tattooers on Instagram are over a million now. Yeah. But, but are they on some, television? Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, but okay. <laughs> briefly sometimes, you know, like oh, okay. they might only be on television for a few weeks, but um but also I think they're also doing something right on their social media accounts. Maybe they're a tattooer who does realistic tattoos of pop cultural icons that people relate right. to. So every time they do a tattoo of a, of a certain icon, then there's going to be a hundred tags of people who just know someone who likes that character and they're tagging them to say, right. Hey, look, here's a tattoo of See, that thing you love. That's a very, you're a healthy, you're a mentally healthy person to think <laughs> of it that way. Cause I don't think of it that way. I go through anger and defeat and I, I'll, I'll put it on me. I'll blame it on I I, I just, so I just kind of tap out now, so I don't go through that emotional. Yeah, it's not coaster. none of it's healthy. I mean, or maybe no. But I, the, the way you're looking at it is okay. There, okay. There's a there's a reason for it, and there's a there's an equation to it, and I just need to figure out that equation. That's a healthy way to look at it. I, I could choose to f to figure out that equation, but I would have to change what I'm doing. And is is that a good thing? You know, should I be altering my art? in order to cater to a social media okay. audience. And I think the answer to that is absolutely not. Right. Okay. Cause that, we, that's what I'm, I feel that, the same that's way. something that, you know, is, is always in the back of my mind going, okay, here's an obvious example. If I spend 50 hours on a full sleeve tattoo and I do one of the most personally satisfying jobs of my career on that tattoo and, you know, a client, spent a lot of pain and money and time to to get that tattoo completed and and I post a picture of that on my Instagram it is always going to do significantly less as far as likes and comments than a tattoo that is you know 4 by 6 inches <laughs> you know yeah. and and wasn't very difficult but just hit a certain kind of aspect like if I did a 3D 
looking design right. that, you know, on the side of someone's head or on a throne right. or something like that, well, then we know that people are going to respond because it's right. an image that fits on a phone but that you, you would, can see. And if it's a sleeve, oh, and true. I'm guilty of it too. When someone posts a sleeve, I just keep scrolling because I can't really see it. Yeah, that's And point. so if I let that, the reaction to that sleeve affect me to where all I want to do now is you know, four by six inch tattoos on crazy spots. Or if I you want to always make sure that there's a boob showing in the picture right. or something over the nipple, just so. Speaking I of which, can... Instagram removed some posts that I did for Tattoo Smart, but there's nothing <laughs> showing. But go, I'm sorry. That. Yeah, yeah go we'll, ahead. we'll have to f- figure out why. But, okay. you know, I, I think it's OK as long as it's not a female nipple. Yeah. But um, but I don't know. But, you know, it, <laughs> if you if you let the metrics of social media control the art that you're going to create, then that's probably not healthy. Okay, this, good. The, but then there's people that say, oh, but that's good business. Yeah. I think at that point it just becomes personal choice. Like, yeah. I guess uh, this gets into some stuff I did want to talk about. I mean, one of the questions... I Well, one of the things I do want to bring up is along those lines, like when I get into that area and I think about, all right, who are the artists I really like? And I go, I go through some names, and a lot of those names are are not the popular artists. They're the, and then I'm like, okay, uh, who who are my favorite? What what's my favorite music to listen to? And who are my favorite bands? Or my favorite rappers? And again, they're not the popular ones. And and what are my favorite movies? And again, they're not the ones winning Oscars. And I'm like, right, okay. So these are the influences on me. These are the types of this is the type of art I want to do. So how how foolish of me to expect that I'm going to be on the Billboard top ten when that's not what I'm into, and I think there's part of that 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 helps me understand what I do. So um, I do think there's the thing where the artists artists like artists we see things in work that and like a a fan sees things differently because they're not. They don't do the craft. They, like, I don't. I don't know. I had. I had tried to think of how to explain this to someone the other day. Where if we if we think of an artist and like the average person might see it and like, oh, their figures are kind of funny looking. It's like, yeah, but that's not what I'm looking at. Like, I'm looking at just sort of the the shape and the negative space. And and if I like look into little areas, the marks he's making, like, oh, that shit is phenomenal and crazy. But that's not what they see. So. It was healthy for me to accept that, like, I, I'm going to do what I do and the influences I have and the types of of art that I like and want to do. It's it's not mass media. It's not popular culture stuff. So I shouldn't expect that of myself. And that helped me kind of let a lot of that go. And that was another tangent. <laughs> I don't remember where I was going with that, but but so yeah, I can relate though. I've been I've been dealing with the, those same kind of feelings, you know, like because I've always considered myself to be a tattooer that that works on larger projects that uh-huh. I know aren't going to get the, you know the likes and and comments but, on the social media, okay. you know. So it's. Uh, you know, well, I, I, wanna, I just don't. I I don't want to let that aspect of things control me. Yeah, and I, I and, agree. Uh, I don't think you should. 
But yeah. so you you to hear that you wrestle with that surprises me. I guess because I look at you and see an extremely successful artist. Okay. <laughs> cool. Do you do you not think you are? I I think that um I mean my vision of what my my tattooing and my art should be is definitely not realized. Okay. You know? Well, but but I've been allowing myself to be distracted by other things that I'm interested in, you okay. know, other other aspects of business. When you, well, you know, starting a company for instance and and trying uh-huh. to make that work and 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 I enjoy that, you know, it's a right. It's it's keeping me from doing things like focusing on oil painting, right. you know, which would be like a purely self-satisfying or self-gratifying uh, activity. Like I don't, if I if I put 150 hours into an oil painting, I there's no market out there of anyone who would want to pay me, you know, what I get paid to tattoo, right, right, um, for that for that effort. And so there's a part of me that you know, kind of puts that aside for later, you know, I've, well, I'm just really like, I'm interested in other things besides just tattooing. You know, sure. I'm, I'm interested in, uh, in really excited right now about just trying to build this, this company tattoo smart and trying right. to make that work. So, you know, there are parts of that that are definitely distracting me from, from being the tattooer that I could be. All right, but do you not like? I'm not saying you've hit the end of the road and you're like, I've done it, I'm out. Yeah. But do you not feel that you've been very successful with what you've been doing? I'm not saying you've, you've hit the, the the mark of where you wanted to land, but you've got to feel like you're well on your way. Yeah, I think. Well, what I'm kind of struggling with now is the feeling that I hit the the top of my success as a tattooer, and that it may be kind of uh going downhill now you know trying to trying to figure out you know whether you know, how i feel about that you know whether i'm going to you know continue only tattooing three days a week or, or clear things back out so that i can get back up to because i think i need to tattoo more and i need to be able to take on more projects and, and all right uh, uh, this and, is you know, good and and create more artwork in order to excite a different a new clientele you know okay. because i i have okay. been you know uh, i've sort of taken time away from tattooing to do these other things right. and therefore you know the you know the 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 people that are going to get tattooed that are paying attention to that social media are you know they're looking for someone who's kind of constantly outputting a very specific style of of work i think tattoo yeah. collectors these days they want to they want to get you while you're hot, you know? Right. And if you're, you know, if you're only putting out a picture every two weeks and they look at your feed and, you know, it's not just amazing after amazing tattoo photo, then they kind of move on and they go, okay, this isn't exciting. I'm not, you know, like how right. do you, you know, if right. they're able to see all the tattooers in the world yeah, at yeah. once well, and also, they're willing to travel across the world to get tattooed, then, it's you know. Creating well, it's again, social media creating like a fast food mentality for yeah. a craft. It's it sucks. Yeah. I mean, it does because yeah. yeah, here we are again, like you know, back to letting that control me. All right, so you hit that point where you had felt I've hit the top, and you start to feel like you're declining. Well, here's what point. happened. You know, I, I hit the point where I was getting a lot of emails 
of people who wanted to get tattooed by mm-hmm. me. Far more emails than I could ever read or ever properly respond to. Yeah. And I started to feel bad about how much time it was taking me to try to tell people no. Okay. So what we did was we said, okay, Russ isn't taking new clients. Right. You can, you can still email him and share what you want. And then I would still read those. And every once in a while, one would grab me and I would say, oh, get that one. You know, let's okay. respond to that one. And everyone else would be, you know, kind of responded to like, well, you know, we told you he wasn't taking new clients. So you can't really be mad that, right. you know, that he said no. But um, but I wasn't having to tell people no based on their idea, right. which I, I just hate to do. You know, I'd rather interest. tell them no because I just don't have time. Well, I, I would think that's a that's a luxurious position to be in one that we would all aspire to be where we're picking the projects that we're most creatively interested in. Well, I'm here to tell you, you cannot do that for too long before they stop asking, you know, cause the, you know, at this point, those emails don't, they don't flow through like that anymore. You know, if you're not, if you're not available to be contacted and you're not taking the time to properly respond to people after a while, and I don't know how long it takes, but you know, it's, it's definitely, you know, happened for me where people just go okay he's not taking new clients right you know so what would it take for me to come back out and say okay i am taking new clients and you know more importantly for me when when and if i do that it's going to be coupled with a new direction okay you know i am taking new clients for x y and z and these are images that should inspire you to know what to ask me for so hopefully you know it's i i'm I'm more interested in in creating the direction and then yeah, in yeah. putting it out, putting sure. it out and letting people see it. Do you and, know what and that direction is? No, no idea. You're that's that's why I'm out. focusing on these other things okay. right now because it's uh, you know waiting waiting for the inspiration to strike and okay. you know, I'm still tattooing and, I, and I'm enjoying the enjoying sure. the tattoos that I'm doing. Um, but you know, as far as people contacting me through the shop's website, at this point, they're getting. There's there's no way to even contact me. It just says, you know, Russ isn't taking new clients. Sign up for this newsletter, and we'll That's let you know where right he is. Yeah. So how can yeah. you get any? I mean, you're getting yeah. upset because you have no clients, but it, the door is closed. The door is closed. Yeah, it's madness. But do you? <laughs> I mean, you could simply say, well, I guess you're worried if you open it up again, it'll get flooded again. Yeah, I mean, just with the clientele that I have, and and you know, people that are, you know, kind of sneaking in if you will through relationships uh-huh. you know like friends of friends who are right. like hey my you know my buddy wants to get this and i think it'd be great for you you know it's like yeah the door is still kind of open right but the the very public door of you know the website and the email system is is more locked down i am collecting on a newsletter i'm trying to collect people's email addresses so that uh-huh. when it's time to say that i'm available there's Put a group there. of people that i can reach out to because yeah. what i don't want to happen is for people to be on some waiting list to get to hear back from me two years from now right 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 I and I, I just think that that's that's a horrible thing to do to someone when they're in that stage of trying to pick their tattooer and they're excited about getting tattooed to put them on a two-year waiting list and then right you know yeah potentially outlast their desire to get started on their tattoo project right, i would rather right. see someone who decides right now they want to be tattooed find a great tattooer and go out there and, and get it started right so i guess that uh let's rewind a little bit i want to get back to when you were starting what 
What did success look like for you? Like if you felt like like you've hit that point where you hit the top and now it's going down, how did you get there? Like what did it, what it, what was it an intentional path or or did, were you just good at adapting to what became whatever challenges you saw as opportunities and built on it? And I don't know. I don't. Okay. I don't have a really direct, <laughs> clear answer for so it for what the path is. But it, you know, it's a relentless um, attempt at self improvement. You know, uh-huh. it's you know when when there's a a cancellation and and a client doesn't show up that day, then I would spend the day trying to improve myself in some other way. You know, it's it's always about spinning a downturn into something positive and doing something useful with the time, whether it be you know, spending time working on a drawing for an upcoming project or right. figuring out a, uh, out a way to market myself for the future, you know, editing some photos and finally getting them up online. And, uh-huh. um, you know, just always like just working towards the goal. So when things like when you were building, when things didn't go the way you had hoped or didn't or challenges arose, were you ab- able to find the opportunities in them pretty quickly or did you get in your own head and get upset a lot no i think that i um i don't get really like depressed or down very easily you know i I tend to just let shit like roll off my back and okay were you always like that yeah is that just yeah yeah you are yeah i think so yeah Yeah, I don't really uh, get into funks or anything like that. You know, I even you know, it might sound like I'm sort of in a, in a funk with my tattoo work, but I'm just no. You sound very anything, healthy. I'm just distracted. You know, I'm just yeah. But you I'm sound doing like, things that are fun for me and to keep my brain yeah, excited. It sounds and, very healthy. Okay. Like you hit a, It sounds to me like you hit a point where your success had peaked, and you were uncertain of where you wanted to go from there, and it dipped a little, and you found something interesting to keep you going while you figured out where you wanted to go with the tattooing that sounds very healthy instead of sinking into a oh no uh, yeah i'm washed up it's over yeah well you know tattooing also um it hurts it hurts me to sit and tattoo now and i've been trying to deal with that you know um i my i haven't ever taken really good care of myself physically and that's a focus now so you know, I'm I'm going to the gym several days a week. I've got a personal trainer. I'm trying to eat a healthier diet. I'm drinking a full eight glasses of water. I'm sitting next to my <laughs> giant water yeah. bottle right here. <laughs> you know, and and slowly I'm seeing some results. Oh, you are good with with that. And you know, going to the chiropractor now once a week. Oh, I'm, yeah. You know, spending a lot of time, a whole lot of time at the Asian massage parlor. Yeah. I'm kidding. Just <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say, let's clear, clarify this. <laughs> but uh, you know, it. So I'm attempting to to kind of fix my body so that and and sort of subtly preparing to get back into tattooing because to me, when you asked if I've reached my goal, my goal that I have in my mind is to be able to work on body suits. Okay. You know, it's right. it's to be able to a attract a client who has next to no tattoos on their body yeah. who knows at that point that they want to have their whole body tattooed and to know also that they want me to do it yeah and um 
and I, I think to, to kind of manifest that situation is going to require a lot of a lot of effort you know I mean one way to do it is to create a bunch of artwork of bodysuits right right that right. You know, somehow impresses the right person who's dedicated um, even though they haven't really been now it's probably not going to happen where you know you're going to find someone that has no tattoos that you know wants to get their whole body tattooed right um, at least not in the United States right that kind of thing seems to happen in Japan but, yeah 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 but you know people are going to want to get their their first tester piece to start it out so if i'm the one who gets to tattoo them at that moment in their life where they're like and i'll ask people i'll say okay you you've, you've asked for a half sleeve is there any chance at all that you're going to get a full sleeve someday mm-hmm. and uh a lot of them will say yeah i'm probably going to get a full sleeve i'll say okay we need to do a full sleeve because if we just do a half sleeve and we try to add on right to the half sleeve later it's going to look like a half sleeve that was added on to later. Okay. And then if you take that same line of thought out further and you say, okay, well, you're, now you're getting a full sleeve. Is there any chance you're going to get your whole body tattooed? Okay. <laughs> any chance at all? Or, you know, where is the limit for you right now? You know, are you going to get two sleeves and then you're done? Or are you going to get a back piece? Mm-hmm. I mean, because now once we get them to start thinking about themselves as a, as a you know, a complete canvas and stop separating their body into parts right right. i think you know you start them off on this on this journey in a different way you say to them you know maybe it is difficult to envision the whole thing but at least if it's a possibility that we're heading that way maybe we would approach it differently so um yeah that that's the way that i'm i'm speaking to clients now yeah that's that's when i I sat in on go talk it got me thinking about that yeah and that's what got me thinking about the chess piece i have by you and then like i said to you last week like yeah i i have an idea and a vision of what i i mean in a perfect world what i would like to have from you and it would it would be a lot yeah and where and how it would go but that's a huge project right yeah, it was um, Adrian Lee's seminar is really incredible for you know helping you understand the mindset. I mean, Adrian's definitely one of those people who has figured out how to to work on all body suits all the time. You oh, know, okay. he's where okay. I want to be. Gogwe as well. You know, both yeah. those guys are ahead of me as far as you know channeling their their clientele towards that goal. Yeah. But for me, the reason that I I feel like I'm still not not really fully involved in that yet is going back to the to the back pain and the and you know so I, I want to get my body in the right condition to be able to, to be, sit there right, for long hours right. and deal with tattooing people because yes. right now I only want to tattoo well, for four hours and I'm done you know I need to be right. able to get to the point where I can sit there for seven eight nine ten hours it's, it's the same thing in, in comics I mean it's what got me doing yoga I can sit in my chair a lot longer now yeah. without the pain and if I have like an eight hour day and my back's hurting, I know I'll get to yoga that night, and the next day I'll have a fresh start, whereas if I don't, I'm going to start with pain. Right. It's <laughs> called getting old. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it sucks, you know. <laughs> yeah, you're, it does. It's, there's this, like, tension between my shoulder blades that starts to starts to hurt me about five minutes after I start tattooing. Oh, five minutes? Yeah, it's just instant, you know. Oh, and it's, and the chiropractor can um, can relieve it. Yeah you know, for, for a day or two. And like I said, I go once a week, but there, there's got to be a better way. You know, there's something. It's all about the core, man. It's <laughs> yeah. all about the core. That's it. Yeah. 
It's all about strong stomach and back. Yeah. That's everything. Well, my personal trainer makes me do things I would never do to myself, <laughs> man. Like some really, really embarrassing things to do in public. But um, <laughs> he was that one that makes you look like you're on your knees giving head. You know that one? You like you get on your knees and then there's no. like a there's like a, one of those like pulley things, you know, like a little rope oh, with balls yeah, on the end yeah, that you grab yeah, and you yeah, put you your do, hands behind your neck yeah, and, and you then you do just like a bob your yeah, head up yeah, and yeah, down. Yeah. Well, you're you're the the action or you're pulling the weight down to the floor. So right. you're on your knees yeah, 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 pulling yeah. the weight down to your floor. Oh, I did those. You like that one? I did those a lot <laughs> back in the day. Yeah. But if you do yoga, you don't have to do those anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I'll, I'll go to hot yoga with you, Sean. I know I said I would. I mean, I mean, I'll go. Only go if you want to go. I want to go. Okay. I want to go. <laughs> I thought you and Matt were going to go that day. <laughs> we all conveniently found excuses, though, didn't we? Yeah. Well, I I I, I thought you might go. I, th- I knew Matt wouldn't go. Thought that would happen. <laughs> I like these pauses. Yeah, Let me breathe. Um, what? I did have a question for you that I thought would be a good thing to ask on the podcast. I'm apprenticing under you. Yeah, we haven't really talked about that yet. No, so yeah, let's right. talk <laughs> about that. Okay. Um, but I'm apprenticing because you offered it up to me, and yeah. I'm kind of curious why. You want to know why I offered the apprenticeship? Yeah, okay. it's a it's an amazing opportunity. Well, in part, I think that you will make a very successful tattooer because I see how much effort you put into your work, you know? And I and I see you do it for what to me looks like kind of kind of a a shitty reward monetarily, you yeah, know. Yeah. I mean, I I've been surprised to hear, um, you know, the difference in what you're paid for your work versus what I would be paid for my work. Yeah. Um, well, and and you know, I could and, you could have another complex in here with a totally different experience. Yeah. I mean, I'm not yeah. doing horribly in the industry i'm not doing well in the industry uh, right. I'm, I'm financially i'm not doing well yeah the, but but it's, some it, people are successful it, oh and, you know, it's it's to me it's it's just it's just kind of obvious that if you were to channel some of that into into tattooing you know if you could if you could break away from tattoo or from comics enough to be able to to put enough into the tattoo thing and you know that's the balance that you know i know you're searching for and you're trying to figure out if it's possible it's i I think if you you could do that you know maybe it's possible for you to to have a little of both yeah yeah to be able to i think i'm figuring it out yeah and Uh, i and i see you as as a a tattooer who is very specialized you know I, i don't know if you're gonna have the time to, or if you're ever going to want to devote yourself 100% to tattooing, you know, that would be at the expense of, of your, of your comics passion. So I, you know, I wouldn't want to see that happen. So I I think maybe, you know, we can, we can get you tattooing and you can do the style of work that you're already 
comfortable doing right and, and maybe I, I bet tattooing will affect your comics work and vice versa yes. but you know i i think that it's going to be really interesting to see what happens when someone who's attained your level in one art field is able to translate that over into another yeah i'm excited about and, that and um and i think that you've already got a built-in audience for your work and i, I just sort of imagine you know i mean people are going to want to get characters from comics obviously yeah, I but mean, i think they're also going to want to get caricatures of their kids drawn in your style yeah you know i think that'll I be mean, something that you it, can have there fun is with. some strange things happening i haven't really put a needle to skin but i have people who want sleeves from me like <laughs> i get on emails and on social media f frequently now when are you starting you know i, I want a sleeve or when are you starting i, I i'm i'm ready yeah, it's like uh, I'm. Uh, I'll let you know, but it's it's weird that that trust exists when I haven't show I haven't like done anything yet. Yeah. But so when you offered it to me, did you know? Like I, I don't I don't remember if you knew that like monetarily how it was going for me in comics. Like that was part of the dis. You were like, oh, Sean could do this and and do well for him, do better for himself. Or did that come after you that you offered it to me? Well, I'm not of, sure when I when I realized yeah, I it. I you know, know, maybe we just, I you know, I, and I'm not sure if we've ever had like a totally candid conversation about how much money you earn, but I think what I saw was just that you were generally concerned financially. Like I would say, hey, like you want to go to this thing, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. and it would be. Well, I don't know if I can afford that, you know, or I didn't budget for that or, yeah. and, and that's not really, you know, you know, I feel very fortunate that budget is not my first concern in my life. It's right. whether or not I have time for something and not so much whether I can afford to pay for it. And so I just started right. to see like becoming friends with you and hanging out with you. I started to see that oh, here was someone that I felt was my equal professionally that was living in a different paradigm. Right, right, right. You know, where, you know, the the car you drive or the the house you live in is at a different standard right you know that i sure. would expect for your your position in your field you know and, and even as a tattooer like I, I i encounter that all the time where i look at someone like the uh you know use the example of the dentist that charges fifteen hundred dollars for a root canal that you know my wife is in there getting a root canal for 30 minutes and they get fifteen hundred dollars wow, and i'm yeah. like okay well why is that? Well, they've got this office to pay for and they've got all these employees, but also at the end of the day, like that's just a field where you get to charge more. Right. Right. You right. know, and the kind of work that we do as artists, um, you know, it, more like craftspeople really, yeah. you know, because we're, we're producing a, a product on a daily basis, you know, with a deadline. <laughs> right. Right. Um, you know, there, there's a cap on, on the, uh, the financial side of that. And, um, but anyway, yeah, I just I must have picked up on it somewhere and okay, yeah, yeah, it makes and, sense. And thought that, hey, man, that's kind of it's kind of messed up, you know. Like I would I would I would love to see you in a in a position to to not have to think about money so much and to yeah be, be able to yeah. I guess I don't hide it. I mean, yeah. I do. I'm I, yeah. I, I wear everything on my sleeve. Right. Yeah, but I mean, more than that, it's just you know, I think that it's just rare to to meet people that that you know you click with as well as i feel like i click with you yeah yeah I agree. and uh, you know i just want to have you around you know i just want to like bring you into my 
onto my team, you know, and find a way to 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 be around you. Yeah, I, I'm, and I'm eternally grateful for that. I, and there's been a lot of, I have one of the one of my favorite, or one of the best things that's come out of this so far is, um, having people like you to talk to about stuff like this in my life. Like, yeah. I mean, like I, I was saying to you earlier, I have those DVDs because I don't want to feel alone in here, but like I would literally come in here every day, do the work, and, and I enjoy it. It's not that I don't enjoy it, but you do feel you're in solitude. Yeah. It's like solitary confinement. I'd go home, I'd, I'd make dinner, we'd have dinner, I'd go to the gym, and then I'd go to bed. I'd do it over every day. And yeah. now like... And you are actually becoming the healthiest influence in my life too, because you know I can ask you about things like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like <what>? diet. <laughs> oh yeah, well, I'm obsessive. Like, we've had that. so many comments. Like Sean taught me uh, a great way to uh, care for my my teeth at night. You know, <laughs> what did I do? Like, well, you know, you're obsessive about the flossing <laughs> and the. There's like, see, I couldn't tell. There's like... tongue scraping. There's flossing. <laughs> there's um, I can't tell oil it. pulling. What I don't, else I do, don't do the oil pulling. <laughs> oh, that's not you? I mean, I, I think we talked about it, but yeah, I don't well, do you it. Know, Sean is definitely living some healthy lifestyle habits. <laughs> we'll tell you guys that if you don't know that about him. Yeah, I've talked about a lot of stuff on here. <laughs> I couldn't tell if if it was just funny to you. or it was, like you're At saying, first it was funny, Yeah, yeah but I then know. it was also inspirational. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, because you remember, like, you actually gave me some of those little, like, flosser things. Yeah. Oh, night, yeah, the hotel yeah. Room. yeah. Yeah, those are great. Yeah. Because I'm, like, a typically a every three to four days flosser. <gasps> I know. It sounds That's crazy horrible. to you. That's <laughs> horrible. That must hurt when you floss. <laughs> yeah, there's sometimes there's a little blood. <laughs> yeah. And it tastes if, gross. If I, like, I'm at the point, I floss twice a day, and then I'll do those flossers, like, after lunch. And hopefully another point of day. I haven't used the flossers in a few weeks. I'm still flossing twice a day, and I feel like, fuck, my gums are fucked right now. Yeah. I you can't told me that's a direct pathway to your heart. It is. <laughs> uh, yeah. There, everything now, there's a lot of, of uh, studies that your mouth and your gut are the, are the like, that's where, you, that's where your health comes from. So you keep healthy gums, healthy mouth, healthy gut, everything else... <clears throat> generally falls into place from there. Interesting. So that that's why it's important and obsessive to me. Also, after my dad died, I mean, I was like this before, but I'm mm -hmm. even more so now because to have three members of your family die at 69 out of nowhere who are relatively healthy people, that's sobering. <laughs> so I'm trying to keep a healthy gut and healthy gums and a healthy body. But... Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, it's obsessive, but it has a purpose, I guess. Yeah. I think I take things too far. I, I'm aware of that. No, it's it's totally fine. It's inspirational. <laughs> I think that anyone listening to this is probably going to think twice about not flossing tonight before they go to bed. Please floss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially this time you know, of year. I know you're tired. I know you just <laughs> want to get to bed, but you need to floss. Yeah. And we need to get you flossing. And imagine how much nicer your mouth is going to taste when you wake up tomorrow morning. <laughs> and you're going to thank me and Sean. Yeah, but you need to floss more. <laughs> I need to floss more? You just said you'd do it every few days. I'm going to floss tonight. Okay. Yeah. That's I know I, I will. Hear. That's what I want to hear. Yeah. Um, 
talk to me. Uh, did we explore that all the way? I think so. What is there anything you wanted to s- talk about regarding my apprenticeship? Because you said we hadn't talked about that yet. Well, you know, here's the thing. How long has this been going on now for? Since March. Since March. Okay. And what we're running into here is that, you know, I want you to be in the tattoo shop as much as you can. Yes. You know, and that it's just, you know, it's about exposing you to the reality of tattooing. Right. Because I think that there's, with anybody who's just getting into tattooing and thinking about an apprenticeship, there is a difference between what you think tattooing is and what tattooing will really be for you. Right. And there's a culture to it, you know, so you have to, yes. you have to just spend time around it to understand how, how the culture works, you right, know, to right. be a part of it. And, and it's a natural process of just, you know, assimilating and, uh, being exposed. So we, we need to find a way to have more of that because I don't feel like I need to teach you a whole lot about art. I feel you know, you've you've actually been an art teacher, <laughs> right, right? In addition to you know, you you work you know you taught people in art school and at college, mm-hmm. so you know there's not a lot that I feel I'm gonna be able to offer you in terms of general um, artistic knowledge. I, I mean, I that think I, any, nothing that I could think of. You right, know? but I think I think you will teach me a lot artistically. <clears throat> I, I, but there, you know, you have questions about how tattooing works. You know right. about you know what can I get away with on skin. So, you know, I don't mess people up and, and it's, it's hard to quantify those things and, you know, sit you down and, and teach you all those things on paper. It's almost like we just have to wait until the situations develop in the shop and you have these teachable moments, you know, where you have a customer with a specific issue and you're, you know, you want to know, well, can I tattoo over that stretch mark? Or, Mm -hmm. you know, this person's got a lot of freckles. Like, how do I deal with that? What colors are going to look good on them? You know, and it's, it helps to have a you know, an interaction with a real situation so that you can remember it, internalize it, and then use it later. So that's the challenge that we're facing with your apprenticeship. So anyone listening to this wondering why Sean's not tattooing yet, it's like, you know, we're waiting for Sean to have more time. (laughs) You know, I guess, you know, you told me a little bit about the comic schedule and how that works, but you get... You get brought on to do a specific book or a series of books, and and there's a specific deadline, and there's deadlines within the deadline that always have to be met. And from what I can tell, you're just always under the gun. You know, you're always under pressure. There's no time. Like, you plan your your trips to conventions out, like, months in advance, and those are worked in. Like, you're, you're very analytical about your time and your scheduling in order to meet those deadlines. So working in one or two days of just not working on the comics thing at all to be able to be at the tattoo shop is, is difficult. And you, you know, we've been planning out these days well in advance for you mm-hmm. to come and spend time at the shop. So, sure. so, you know, we, we don't have an exact idea of how many days Sean needs to spend in the shop. <laughs> it's, it's just more of a, a matter of getting him to have more time in the shop to where it starts to feel like he's been around enough. Sure. And, 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 I don't know why I'm speaking about you in the third person. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're telling, you're talking, yeah, I'm to, talking my to audience. I'm talking to an audience, yeah. Listen. In case you guys were wondering, <laughs> this is why Sean's not tattooing. But, you know, eventually, it, it's also about making artwork that's tattoo related because, you know, sure. we, we've been waiting for you to have 
the time to do that as well. Yes. You know, so yes. where you, you need to draw things that look like tattoos and not things that look like comics. And so that's we can, something I, yeah, I, I completely. You know, so we've, we've set up some, some assignments for you and we're waiting to, uh, to get those back, you know, and, and, and once those are back, then, then we can kind of go from there and see sure. what the next step with the drawings needs to be so that you can get to the point where you do your first tattoo. Right. And your first tattoo, it may come out amazing or it could be a total disaster and i can't wait to find out it's not gonna be good <laughs> <laughs> i mean i don't like what and you're I... gonna do it on yourself yeah, did no. i tell you that yeah, okay you told me. yeah so he has plenty of time to think about what he's gonna tattoo on himself what, what do i have to think about i mean like well if if i just like the next time you came in the shop if i were just surprise you and be like hey no, sean no, today's the day you're gonna tattoo yourself well, would are... you know what you were gonna do uh no, not right now. But would, I, you, would you be able to bust it out in thirty minutes if I gave you a time a deadline? A tattoo in thirty minutes, or or do the no design. the design? Um, probably uh, thirty minutes is a little tight. I would come up with something <laughs> that's that's a little tight, but yeah, I come up with something. That's the kind of thing I'm likely to do. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what? Are, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, well, how big are you talking? Um, size of a softball. Oh, right in 30 through. minutes? Yeah. yeah. You yeah. can come up with something. What would you do, a skull? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Not, uh, yeah, I mean, that would be one of the first. I would think w my mind would go quickly to what. Batman? No, I, I wouldn't do a superhero. No. I wouldn't. I don't want any superheroes on my body <laughs> at all. Uh, no, I would do something that I enjoy drawing, that I feel comfortable drawing, um, that I've drawn a lot. Uh, and something I'd want on me. So, like, yeah, I've drawn Batman a lot, and I love drawing Batman, but I wouldn't want Batman on me. Um, in fact, I kind of wonder... It would be hard to choose which hero to get, right? No, I no, just... just I, I don't yeah. want a superhero on my body <laughs> <laughs> at all. Not at all. No, I would... I mean... That's weird to me, though. I would think that you would want to get something to uh, to celebrate your love of comics. Yeah, but a skull could be that. Yeah, you're right. But um, I, I, I do get excited about giving people tattoos of their their careers or their interests, though. You know, when I when I meet a, uh, I don't know, I'll go back to chiropractor again. You know, if uh -huh. I find out someone's a chiropractor and they want a tattoo, then I might offer them the idea of getting a, a spine tattooed on them. Right, okay. You know, or Before, some, something that bridges off right, of their Let me throw this back at you. You're an artist who um, you enjoy doing scroll work, and I love your scroll work, and I want to have, like, my body covered in scroll work. Do you have any scroll work on your body? <laughs> you know, I <laughs> I have an appointment right now. Do you? Yeah, I'm going to get um, this tattoo on the back of my neck covered up by Aaron Della Vadova. Okay. And, uh, well... It's not totally certain because I haven't figured out what I want, but one thing I love about Aaron is that he is awesome at scroll work. Okay. And um, so you're getting so I told him you know, I think I would should probably have some scroll work on right. me since I love tattooing it so much. Well, but no, I do know what you mean, you know. Like but also I don't like tend to seek out tattooers who do what I do, you know. Right, There's, but also I I love comics, but I wouldn't say that my favorite comics are superhero comics. Um, sure, I come from that because when I discovered comics, that was pretty much all there was. Right. But 
as I grew up and comics became more diverse, I be I, I fell in love with many comics that were not superhero comics. Um, I draw mainly superhero comics because um, I have a love for them because I grew up on them, but also financially, that's the most realistic way to make a living in gotcha. comics. I, and one of the things I'm hoping tattooing <coughs> offers me is some freedom in my comics work to do comics that I don't have to worry about how much they're paying me, but are more passion projects. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's comic stuff I would probably like to get tattooed on me, um, but it probably wouldn't be superhero stuff. Give me an example. Um, well, like, I, you know, the one thing I don't ever want and I'm not interested in is a tattoo artist tattooing someone else's artwork on me. It's something I see a lot. Like, a lot of people who tattoo superhero stuff on other people, they're tattooing artist work I know on right. on someone else. Um, I would think as an artist, for the tattoo artist, I would think that's got to suck. Like, you don't get to come up. It's not your design. I don't know. I'm, I'm placing my own mind into it. Like, I wouldn't want to... Like, if someone came in with, like, one of my friends... Well, if they were my friend, maybe I'd feel different. But if someone came in with, like, I'm going to get a Batman, but I want I want this Batman, I'd be like, oh, man. Yeah. What about my Batman? Like, <laughs> don't you want an original Batman rather than one that you've seen on a cover before? I think in most cases the only way for a tattoo client to get an original Batman would be to work with two artists, you know, to find an artist who is skilled in drawing Batman that isn't a tattooer and get them to create the Batman. There's very, very few examples I can think of of tattooers who are, you know, um, knowledgeable enough about comics. Right. To to create an original Batman. Okay. To have the... Um, so... To have the ability to sit down and go, okay, well, what is Batman really? You know, at his right. core, you know, what is his character? Like, what does he have to have to be a Batman? You know, right, like, I, I don't... You. I, I personally don't know that. You know, if I right. if I had a Batman request, then right, but I would I would probably look for the best Batman image I could find. And, right, right. And but and, that gets into it. that project I was proposing to you. Yeah. Where we do like we're working on a swamp thing thing, like stuff like that. Um but to get back to your question, what would I want to make comic wise, there's like there's a conflict here because like I would love like something like Will Eisner created this thing called The Spirit. It was a comic that was in the newspapers. Um, and he used words and drawings together in the most fascinating and interesting ways that only a comic can do. And so something like that sounds really appealing. But as an artist, I would want that. I mean, he's dead, but I'd want that from Will Eisner. I wouldn't want, like, a tracing yeah. of Will Eisner, like... So it would be tough what for me. Like, what about I, a tattoo that sort of exemplifies the process of creating comics? Which yeah, is, like I have know, a friend. It's, it's not actually a comic illustration, right. but it's got the one of my the favorite tattoos. The, my friend has on both forearms is he has a word balloon on one forearm and a thought balloon on the other forearm that are just empty, right? Empty. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I love those. Yeah. And he's got them, so I'm not going to get them. But I right. think that's that's along the lines. Like what I would right. like, I would like an inkwell tattooed on me. With like a brush and ink, like that, yeah. I really, I like that idea. I could see that. 
um, you know, or, or even just like maybe it'd be interesting to just have, you know, a rectangle broken up into smaller rectangles, like a, a, a panels on a page. Like that might be interesting. Yeah. Um, things it's that are esoteric. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like the, your life is a, is a, is a novel or a, <laughs> or a, or a book yet unwritten. <laughs> right. You know, and then like every time something important happens in your life, then you can fill in a panel. Yeah, like, you can like, do that. <laughs> you can do that. People like to do that, like get a bunch of uh, tombstones tattooed on them, and then every time a dead homie happens, they can. Are you serious? Right now. Oh, like, That's so grim. Um, so yeah, I mean, that, like the, those tattoos that my friend Cameron Stewart has. Um, I did a podcast with him, and uh, I took a picture of his forearms, and when we were recording, kind of Instagram that out because I, I thought that, that those are kind of. Those are, I mean, there there are nothing tattoos. They're not like, I mean, uh, for the tattoo artists, they're pretty mind numbing, I'd imagine. But yeah, but you know, you have an interesting perspective because one of the things you do is you read someone's story that's written for a comic, and then you have to interpret it. You actually you do character design, you right. know, costume design. Right. You do all these things, and um, you know, in a way. You could look at tattooing the same way where you, you know, you meet the client for the first time. They have no tattoos. So you're just going to assess, you know, some assumptions about them based on the way they look and the clothes they're wearing. Right. And you try to think if, if you're given the opportunity to help them in the process of thinking of what they're going to get tattooed on them, then you would want to find out more about them. You know, what are your hobbies and interests and, right. you know, what are the qualities that shape you? But you're looking for the bullet points, you know, the kind of things that you might have in a character for a comic. You know, what is it about this person at their core that describes them? And then at that point, you know, you're a costume designer. You're like, well, what right. kind of tattoos should they have? Okay. Because they might not even be able to connect like that clearly with what tattoo they should have. And, you, right. know, you mentioned your friend with the thought, the thought bubble in the word balloon. Right. Um, that's exactly the kind of tattoo that guy should have. Yeah, oh, absolutely. You know, it's just perfect. It's so simple and elegant yeah, and it, it tells their his story. Yeah, that's true. In a way Very that's much. just, you know, no one else can get that tattoo now or should get that tattoo. Yeah, I mean, it's, it killed, like, it's a once in a lifetime deal. And I remember that, that's the kind it. of thing you want to be able to think of for people and you want to be able to, yeah, right. you know, suggest that sort of thing to them and hope that they'll get it. But yeah, so I think like related to what I do, I, I, I one of the tattoos I definitely want in my life is an inkwell. Yeah. Like I, without it, cause that's everything. And, and the thing I like about tattooing is like, oh, wait a minute. I'm still in the realm of ink. Like I'm st like, that seems to be everything like ink. Right. So that it, it's not limiting. And I, I like that. Well, the only shame about that is that that's just such a small tattoo, you know? Oh, well, and you want to yeah. get your whole body covered in tattoos and no, but I, but can I, we expand I, this inkwell idea into something larger? Because yeah. it's the most meaningful idea that you've come up with, right? Yeah, but I mean, does it, like my does it have to be meaningful? Or can it just be beautiful? <laughs> yeah, in most cases, it's probably not a good idea to try to cram meaning into every tattoo on your body. I mean, like I love I love my chest piece, and yeah. it's just a cool fucking tattoo. That's definitely how clients will ruin. The quality of the the visual side of what they're getting tattooed on them all the time by right. trying to make it meaningful. Yeah, you know. Yeah, they always want to, 
you know, can we go ahead and put some initials in that part right there? You know, right, like, right. But I mean, like, for yeah, me, can the, we, can the, we ignore the, the initials and you could just have those in your heart? <laughs> right, right. But for me, the meaning is I, I have a Russ Abbott tattoo, and yeah. I, I love Russ Abbott's work. So to have that, that's that's fucking awesome. I mean, I have the meaning. Like Javier's words all have meaning to me. Yeah. And I have one more word, and then I'll be done with them. Right. Um. But, yeah, so that's, like, when I think about what I want to build off of the chest from you, it's, I don't think about, what is it, me, I guess maybe there is some meaning to my idea. Yeah, there probably is meaning to my idea. It's a very broad meaning, and it's, it's, it goes back to everything with me. It's opposites. Gotcha. It's me being a Gemini. It's just, you know, it's dragons and flowers. It's, it's, you know, good and bad. It's, that, that's what I like. Right. Well, I have no idea how we got on this topic. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, you were asking me what I would tattoo on myself. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, do you know? Is it going to be a skull or an inkwell? I guess I, I have thought about Maybe it. I, I don't want to do the inkwell. I want I want a really nice inkwell. And I don't think... I don't know. I think you should do the inkwell. I mean, I could get... I, you know what I could do? And I thought, this passed my mind, just get a lot of inkwells. You could, yeah. There's no limit to how many inkwells you get. But I mean, as far as this tattoo being possibly shitty, yeah. No, I thought at, what a, I, at this point in your okay, you, you want to know what I'm thinking about in your career where you're doing the first tattoo, yeah. That you know may lead to thousands of other tattoos, or could be you know right. one of ten. <laughs> right. If well, you absolutely I, hate tattooing, for what instance. What I thought about one of something I, I've I've toyed with, and I want to sit down and, and kind of play with this idea is a monkey skull with a crown. Why on earth? I just, I don't know. I just thought... It That's what you want to tattoo on yourself? Yeah, it sounds interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds interesting. Okay, sure. <laughs> I mean, it's... I'll tell me, then talk me out of it. Um, okay. Well, I mean... I, I mean, I don't want to talk you out of it if that's but, what you want. Uh, I mean, I'm just thinking what I would do on myself. I don't... And then, but to to your point, that might be something that people would see and be like, that's cool looking. I want to get one of those. Monkey skulls with crowns? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know anybody <laughs> who wants that. <laughs> All right, I'll put some more thought to it. <laughs> hey, it's your tattoo, man. <laughs> that's, that, there's a lot in that that's what That's what we say. <laughs> When we hope they don't pick that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's your body. You can do whatever you want. Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess I'd have to figure out how to make an inkwell. Look, I could be convinced that a monkey skull with a... Was it a monkey skull with a crown or just yeah. a monkey? Monkey skull. Monkey skull. I, I mean, I'm sure you could convince me that that's a good idea. It's just not something that I would normally think of as a good idea. Okay. Is that a challenge? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Make it cool. Make it interesting. Yeah. And uh, I should play with the inkwell idea, I guess, too. I mean, that, you're right. It has it. Symbolically, I think the inkwell makes a lot more sense. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Well, all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Is there uh, anything that you were hoping we discussed that we didn't discuss? I can't think of a thing. Okay. You know, I think that um, I think that I want to come back and record another episode with you when when your tattoo yes. apprenticeship has progressed yeah. some more. So we'll definitely do that. I think that we'll just kind of uh, make a uh, a promise to to revisit this conversation okay. in six months or a year or five years or however long it takes for you to find more time for tattooing. Okay. And, um, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what, you know, how you'll develop and, um, hoping to develop myself, you know, and I continue to learn from you. <laughs> okay. Not just about flossing and <laughs> diet. How to, how to work too much and, have not much to show for it. <laughs> learning that lesson. Um, so I normally end on a question, and it's a question that I found in comics um, to be something relatable. I'm curious to see how it translates. Uh-oh. No, it's not bad. Okay. I just find that most, most of my friends, as I got to know comic book artists, it seemed that most, not all, um, came from an interest in love for one or a few of these three genres of music. And it was hip-hop, heavy metal, and punk rock. And that there was something to the counterculture nature of those genres or the rebellious nature of those genres. Something relatable to the psyche of the comic artist that was in that those music. So I would just simply ask... Did you come from any of those or a few of those? And then we would talk about that for a few minutes. And it's not if, always... If I had to pick one, then I would say punk rock. Okay. However, my my youth was um, not not the best punk rock. I think I wasn't exposed. You know, I'm from... You know, we're actually in the... Uh, currently, physically in the town that I grew up in right right, right. now. And Sean, you didn't grow up here. No. Nope. But, um, you know, Sean lives where, where I grew up. So. Yeah, my son goes to the elementary school you went to. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, I mean, this area 25 years ago was, <clears throat> excuse me, culturally pretty isolated. Okay. You know, so I blame that for the fact that, you know, the first Metallica album I heard was the Black Album. Right, we we did touch you know. on that, but uh, but age plays a role in that too. Yeah, you're younger. I think than so. Me. I mean, the first punk band that I listened to was Blink One Eighty Two. Oh God, that's not punk. Yeah, so <laughs> I mean, it, well, metal. You just said Metallica. That sounds like metal. Yeah, but it. I mean, it's not the right metal. There's it's not the wrong. You know, it's not the right Metallica for you know the. Oh, uh, like, you know, because because any purist would say that was no, where things I, started going wrong. Uh, I I never th- I never thought. But that, I that's was into skateboarding, least, you know. When yeah. I was in middle school, I was into skateboarding, and let's clear and something up about into, Metallica. I I don't think they ever went wrong. <laughs> let's set the record straight. I I don't. I've liked their every, new album's pretty rad, oh, right? It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> it's really good. Black album is my least favorite, simply because I heard it too much on the radio. Oh, okay. Um. So I don't think they ever went wrong. I don't think there's any wrong. I mean, if if it was, I think Metallica is just a phenomenal band who's changed music and any album you get into them is good. And, but I think, again, that's age. How old were you when that album came out? 
I don't know. What year did it come out? 94? 94? Or no, it was it was 93? 93 or 94? Let's see. Maybe I was 13. Well, oh my God, I was in college. <laughs> so yeah, when I was 13 in Discover Metallica, Master of Puppets had come out. Yeah. So it was Master of Puppets, Ride the Lightning, and Kill Them All. Right. So yeah, age has something to do with it. Yeah. Age and exposure. Yeah. 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 Because if I were to go with the music that my peers liked at the time, it would have been whatever was on the country radio station. You know? But and, that, I, and I like that stuff too. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like I, that seems to I love affect... me some Garth Brooks. Do you really? It's, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a soft spot in my heart for uh, 90s pop country. Is he the. Does he have his own like radio station now, like Garth Brooks Radio, or wait, what, is he the Spotify one that station? He's the guy that did that Friends in Low Places song. No, yeah, I know that, but is he the one that created the Alter Ego and did another album under the Alter yeah. Ego? Oh my god, yeah, that that was embarrassing for him, but, <laughs> and then he disappeared for like fifteen right. years or something like that. But uh, but yeah, you know, it, it's just a it's a matter of exposure. So you know, I don't I don't really have the. Uh, the quintessential answer of metal, punk rock, or, or country, country sounds. You know. <laughs> the country sounds like. Yeah, but was it wasn't it? the right country either because I wasn't listening to <laughs> Johnny Cash or. Right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm just talking about the. Uh, and you you're know, a musical person. Yeah, I, I do enjoy. You play all different genres. I, I play multiple instruments, none of them very sing. well. I do attempt to sing. You're, you have a good voice, by the way. I'm gonna tell oh, you that. You. I heard that. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, someday, I, you know, when before I started tattooing, I used to think that I was going to try to be a musician, you know, okay. play guitar. And, you know, I, I have some embarrassing memories of uh, high school um, talent shows, you know, uh-huh. where I was, I played the part of Eddie Vedder. <laughs> <laughs> so we did, did uh, we did Pearl Jams Alive. Did you do and, the voice? And we did uh, this one song by Silverchair. That sounds familiar. Silver chair, yeah. We did the one with the bass line. It was like boom, 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 That sounds like the Beatles. Yeah, it's probably they probably <laughs> ripped it from them. I don't know the song, but yeah, you know. So uh, music so you, took you, took you, a. Uh, you were more into popular forms of music. Yeah, I was. I mean, I loved grunge. Yeah, you know, I loved. Uh, you know, just th- stuff that I was hearing on alternative radio. So counterculture stuff wasn't a big part of your. Not until later. Not, not until later. I was exposed. You know, oh, okay. when I when I got out of the the hometown setting and started going to college in Atlanta, See, and I would... started to be around like you know actually going to shows and and uh, then I was really into like uh, sort of the the emo core side of things. You know, bands like. Uh, Cursive and hot water music. Don't you don't know this genre at all. No. So that was the stuff that I got into is that, is as that I was like, like an um, older teenager. Wait, there's a band I'm, I'm thinking of. Um, it's sort of like post punk. Mouse sort of something. Mouse. Modest mouse. Yeah, maybe? are they that? I think they they're probably more indie. Okay. But yeah, I mean, there's there's sort of these like spinoffs of of punk and rock uh-huh. um, that were bands that I was into. Um, okay. I, I that's interesting to me because I would think someone who 
grows up to be a tattoo artist comes from counterculture in every way. But that's a that's a. I, I mean, I would say that I, for the area I lived in, I was counterculture. Okay. You know, I was the first kid in my high school to show up with an eyebrow piercing, and it oh, was okay. a big deal. Okay. You know, <laughs> it, it definitely turned a lot of heads. Um, you Did know, you or, grow up you know, around people with tattoos? No, not so much. I had a neighbor that had a Donald Duck tattoo, and yeah. my grandfather had a little uh, tattoo that he got right before Pearl Harbor. He was at Pearl Harbor. And uh, he had, like, an eagle and flag. So how did your parents, like, when you started with the tattooing stuff, were they like, what are you doing? Yeah, they were just really confused by it. <laughs> you know, they weren't they they weren't interested at all in uh, ever getting tattooed. It was like the it continues to be the furthest thing from their minds. But sure. they're happy that I've found something that I can, you know, be successful at. Right. And they're right. proud of me. But they don't like tattoos. Okay. Um, did they have... St- like in their minds, like I mean, I've kind of battled this with my own mother with just getting tattoos, where it's like in her mind, it's like that's what criminals do. No, they never really, never really did any of that. You Although know, she's they, changed her mind. Yeah, they, my parents never really had any. Yeah, I think they were just it was just alien to them. You know, yeah. it was just. My dad was actually wanting a tattoo before he passed. Yeah, like he like his best friend his age. They grew up in Queens together mm-hmm. and lives in Alpharetta, and that's one of the reasons my parents moved here. Got a tattoo last year mm. of, like, a rose on his shoulder. It was just something he did on a whim. Yeah. It was a cool story. But so then my dad was like, maybe I'll get one. We see that a lot in the shop, you know. We, you? we see these these folks come in that are, you know, 50, 60 years old. Yeah. That are just like, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> <You know>? awesome. <laughs> maybe I do want a tattoo. Yeah, so I I think uh, that's probably a good place to end it. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Definitely. Uh, All right. Thank you, Russ. All right. Thank you, Sean. All right.